happening party people and welcome to another edition of talking during movies i'm your host jason jepson this is the podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation or sometimes we ignore the film completely because we just enjoy our conversation and either way you guys are here to listen so thanks for coming along the ride and joining me today is a very funny podcaster stand-up comedian and a man who has a head of hair that i used to have and i'm instantly jealous my new friend Stephen, how are you, sir? Tell people where they can find you, your Patreon, your podcast, your best social channels, all the stuff. Give it to them. Oh, thank you, Jason. And give it to them, I will. Thank you so much for having me on the pod. Stefan, by the way. Stefan, sorry. You know, it, it's okay. My parents get it confused all the time because they spelled it very phonetically ambiguous. So sometimes I get Sven from other people. I, I guess I do get the, the Swedish vibes off. Long hair, do care. To, and I want to impress you and your yeah. fans and everybody. But I am, like you said, a multi-hyphenate, hybrid, whatever, comedian, podcaster. My podcast is a comedy advice podcast where I give advice with some comedy sprinkled in between. I've had some amazing guests that have graced me with their presence. Lisa Lampanelli was just on. Ooh, fun. Yes, she was a, a delicious treat. A little bitter of a treat, actually, going down. Yeah, a little indigestion from the roasts. <laughs> but um, Eric Griffin from Workaholics, he was on an episode. Mark Norman, um, Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Sweet. So a lot of people that are a lot funnier than i am so go for them and i'm just like uh you know vanilla ice cream i'm there i can make a dessert good but um, by myself you might not want me so that's basically how the podcast is structured you can find me at a comedy advice podcast on instagram i've got loads of funny little tasty clips that you can just little comedy morsels that you can pop in your mouth while you're distracted from work or if you're just sitting on the can you can just munch me up so i love it there we go yes is, is instagram your your primary social is that the one you like the best instagram's the primary one i also do tick talk but i was, I was gonna think um, you're gonna then, say linkedin you're like and then I'm oh yes i that, that's how i met uh lisa lampanelli we were <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> It's like, it's like um, yeah. that's, how, that's how I get them, right? I mean, LinkedIn, uh, if a comedy festival comes to town, that's how I got Jesse Mae Pelusa to come in. I was like, hey, you don't know me. Would you like to meet in a dark, scary bar with just me and a weird bartender who's just going to give us cocktails? Let's watch The Evil Dead and talk about how bears eat people's asses first. And she's like, this sounds like a deal. <laughs> oh, my. You know what? I used the same exact line to get Jesse Mae. She is amazing. She's that's awesome. So 
That's so cool. She was a treat. I actually, my episode of her is not live anymore, but she was so nice. And she let me do a guest spot when she came to town. So I got to really do a little, it was like seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. She's good people. Now we, um, you know, as, as everyone knows, ask people, send me your 10 favorite movies, look at the list, try to grab one thing we can vibe on. One in your list that we picked out was Zoolander. Tell people about what is it about Zoolander that you like? Oh man, Zoolander, it's just a beautiful, beautiful train wreck. I just feel the first time I watched it, I was like, what is this? And then the second time, I was like, okay, I can get into this. I, and you're asking, why do you have so much time to watch the same movie over and over again? I think I was in high school. So my friends and I, they were saying, you really got to check this out. And so everybody loved it. And then I think you, it just kept turning into this, this comedy snowball where more people would watch it and then get involved. And then we would quote it all the time. So, I mean, it was, it was great. And then I have, I mean, I kind of, look like owen wilson now so well, you got a better nose i'm not gonna lie poor owen I, I, picked on for the nose but that's true that's true i've only had it broken 46 times so see, it's, it's that 47th where it gets a little wonky <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's when you start to talk like owen when, wilson. when it gets a little nasally a little you get yeah. a little bit of a dylan effect yeah. <laughs> or affect yeah yeah exactly it's, yeah you I, have dogs Oh, you know what's a fun thing to do? And uh, I don't think I've, this is a, I like to, I'll, I'll, I'll send my friends this random text and I'll go, I'll just type it out. Do you pronounce it data or data? And every time <laughs> I just get the biggest, you know what, asshole? I was doing something and now it's in my head and I don't like it. And I was like, yeah, I gotta go. Now I'm really busy. <laughs> See, you had time to watch movies. I have time to think of dumb, stupid texts to send people. And they're like, oh. Hey. You know what? I love that. I, I had my shirt too that I was wearing yesterday. I should, you know, if I knew uh, it's called, it's who's your data. It's a Ooh. nice little pun from a testing vendor that I used to work with back when I was over on the East coast. Back on the so. East coast. Nice. All right. Yes. Well, let's hit play here. Let's see this party started. Boom. Oh, excellent. Here we go. The good old Paramount mountain. God bless it. So Stefan, um, what got you into comedy? What was it that, um, you know, I mean, everyone's kind of got, you know, it, it seems like from the outside looking in and from listening to comics, it's like, oh, I had a really horrible childhood, something traumatic happened. There was like nine divorces. I mean, my, my family tree and the way things worked out, you know, I should have been in comedy, but I'm just not funny. I mean, like my mom's been married a multitude of times, mm -hmm. uh, horrifically, not a point of celebration, just horrifically. My grandfather, was a grand wizard in the KKK. Then my mother Ooh. on her third marriage married an African-American man. So, and then we've got my dad who was a hairdresser that also won the lottery that after winning the lottery decided the best thing to do is go work at Costco. Cause he won the lottery. That's what you do. You go to work more, which is actually really <laughs> smart, right? I mean, he's actually, it's like a good role model for anyone out there because all he did was, you know, basically just work his butt off and, um, you know, and then mm -hmm. just show his kids like, hey, yeah, I got some cheddar, but you still got to work for your money, which was good. Uh, That's great. Then, did, did he end up splurging on anything? Did he get himself at least a nice pair of shoes or? Um, he kind of got himself some cars. Like for you, he had a moment where he was into cars. So he got a, okay. he had a, uh, let's see, he did a, he got a Corvette. 
Then he got a GTO. Then he got a little convertible Mercedes, a little runaround. But he was up in Portland where it was always raining, so he couldn't enjoy it. But then he, uh, he and the wife ended up, you know, splurging and buying a nice little place in a little golf resort town uh, out in Phoenix. So he's doing well, you know, and he's enjoying life. And hey, listen, I'm glad he didn't blow it all because then I, you know, my kid gets really nice birthday gifts. I'm like, it's because your grandpa's smart. Not your dad, your grandpa. <laughs> well, now what would you do, Jason, if you had won the lottery? You know, I get that. I get, there's a lot of stuff I'd like to do. I'm not... Um, I wish I was a little, I guess, smarter um, on what I would do. Okay. But I, you know, I just want to have fun. Like, there's just stuff I want to do that I just think would be really, really fun. And so I'd want to travel. Obviously, I would want to take care of my friends and uh, hang out with them and and just do as much fun as I could do, as much fun as I could have, and then you know just mess around. Um, I'd want to help people. You know, I like I like the random acts of kindness stuff. I was in uh, Townsend, Montana, seeing my great grand, my grandmother, uh, my my wife's. What is? Am I getting my? Is it my volume? It is my volume. Now look at that. And then it comes on. Click the wrong button. Are you having trouble with your link? I did have trouble with my link. I just got it started now. Okay. Perfect. If it, I, if it gives you more trouble. Um, I've got another link that I can send your way. You just oh, okay. Know. No, it's what what point are you at in the movie? Because I'm at. Where are you at? Thirty three seconds in. Thirty three. We're. We're pacing. But I can go at, to you. No, I'm at I'm at 38. We're clo- we're good enough for government work. Oh, you're 38. Okay, yeah, wonderful. We're, we're wonderful. Amazing. We're doing great. Um, but yeah, you know, you want to do fun things. You know, I, of course, I'd want to have a fun a couple of fun cars. But it also depends on how right. much you win, right? I mean, like I think the lot is like 300 million or something. I always have this idea in my head, and I, it's not a smart idea. It's not a good idea. But I was like, man, if I could win the lottery, and then not let my wife know. And just tell her all these riches came from the podcast. <laughs> oh my God, dude. That would be amazing, especially since my wife is constantly crossing my dreams and telling me I'm not going to make anything from this. She's great. like, she's just like, you finally got listeners. Oh, it's only been three years. I'm like, hey, overnight success, babe. This is how this shit works. Okay, come on. But then you know, you're pulling in 150, 200 million dollars, you put it in the bank, you're like, what happens? Like, Sold the podcast just like Joe Rogan. Uh, you know, we got to move to a different city, obviously, with a bigger house. <laughs> got to leave all of our friends because uh, these fucking mooches—they got to go. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go hide. Go closer to your family. Let's do that. My family's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're going to San Antonio. We've got an adjacent studio right next to Joe Rogan, so it's perfect. San all Marcus. the meat we could have. Yeah. Oh, great. Amazing. Joe, only 100 million, huh? Ah, did 150. It must have been that extra 20,000 downloads I got <laughs> from that from that Russian oligarch who uh, has a castle in Kazakhstan that I have to go visit once a year. Other than that, we did we did get an invite from Kazakhstan. So really? A casino in Kazakhstan was like, hey, we're we're getting a lot of downloads from there, and I didn't know why. And so I randomly reached out to some casinos, and I was like, hey, man, crushing it in Kazakhstan. You should bring us out. And do it. And this one casino was like, sure. What are your what what you know, what do you want? And then I didn't know what to do. So <laughs> I was just like, well, I got an idea. So I told them I wanted two first class tickets for me and my friend. Then we needed two suites. We needed each a thousand dollars in gambling money. That if we won anything over a thousand, we would give the thousand back, free food, and obviously cocktails. And you know, I think that'd be fun. 
I didn't right. look at where Kazakhstan was or what it would take to, uh, to really do all that. One, it's about a two-day flight, and there's no all-first class there. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's horrific. And Ooh. it's a very Muslim country. Nothing wrong with that, but the boozing and <laughs> the cursing. <laughs> a little more frowned upon than, uh, than yeah. over here. Was- and all of a sudden, they're like, uh, I don't think we're ready to spend $100,000 on you, sir. And so then I looked at the flights and I was like, mm-hmm, makes sense. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, almost famous in Kazakhstan. Where's, where's the craziest place you've done comedy? Craziest place I've done comedy? Mm, I haven't done comedy in too many crazy places. It's usually bars or um, comedy clubs, things like that. Okay. Where's the, but where's the craziest place I'd want to do comedy? Yeah. You know what? I would just thinking of Zoolander right here. I would love to walk a catwalk while telling jokes. I think that would Ooh. be badass. And then I could go set it all up. And then when I'm ready to do my turn, that's when I do my twist, 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 punch, twist, line. twist. Bam. Now, would you also in this scenario, let's say, um, would you then maybe also do like 20 minutes of comedy and then do like golf commentary? on the models as they walk back and forth and then go backstage and do some insider information. Absolutely. And think about how many calories I would burn if I was going to do 20 minutes walking back and forth on the catwalk. And uh, you know what I could do? I could have, I could start off, have 20 layers. So when I get to the back, I rip off a layer and throw it into the crowd. You're like, that's for you. Yes, that joke was layered, just like my attire. And then bam, 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 yeah. just a couple more jokes like that. And then I go in and then I jump into the crowd. They they crowd surf me okay, into like it. The, com- the commentator spot. And that's mm-hmm. when I start commentating on the other models. And then a couple of times your wife will send you a text and you'll be like, ma'am, ma'am, sorry, ma'am, you, you, stop. Take it off. My wife wants that outfit. Just put it in a bag next exactly exactly <laughs> it'll almost be like an auction she'll just put up the number like okay yep for her yep. right there right for there. the wife that's what she wants okay she wants that calvin she wants that dolce and gabbana right now yes Great. i don't i see that stuff i you know i'll see the the highlights of the runway models i'm like who buys this shit because I, I mean i've lived in la i've spent time in new york i've still never seen anyone wear any of that stuff <sighs> dude I, I don't know. I think about that constantly. And it's so funny. Yeah, you know, I feel like in Zoolander, they've got a mm-hmm. bunch of people that just, they take that to the extreme oh, yeah. where they're wearing just this. Well, I think the whole clothing line from uh, Mugatu was derelict where they dress up <laughs> with, <laughs> with homeless garb. So it, it's, it's so true though, man. I've never seen anybody really wear that. Although I guess I live in Phoenix, Arizona where people wear as little clothes as possible just to survive. Especially but, now, right? I mean, yeah, Phoenix Survival is a, mode. It's a hot place. A little it warm. is steamy, a steamy Steam. place over here. And, and we, I remember when I moved here, back here from New York, mm-hmm. and I remember it was at a corporate job, and they were like, "Yeah, we have." Uh, survival dress code from May to August where you can wear shorts. And I was like, I'd rather not because you see these people wearing these button up shirts and then shorts and it doesn't, it looks so awkward. It just looks so weird. It's like one of those weird JCPenney ads where they're like, I've got the penny loafers, no socks, (laughs) some tight shorts, a very snug tight button down, obviously tucked in with a very nice thin leather belt, sometimes woven depending on the season 
two rolls on the cuffs, not all the way up, not all the way down, because once again, survival mode, and maybe right. one extra button down, just just to let the chest hair breathe a little bit. Exactly. Got to have that wickering effect. And, uh, you know, two brats on the grill and a couple cords lights. And that's, that's, Come on, we're having a party, right? It's rooftop. It's rooftop time. Now, did the CEO, did, did that man or woman wear shorts? No, that man did not wear shorts. He was at, so we had the headquarters. We had, it was weird. Two headquarters, one in Phoenix and one in Washington, DC. So you could tell a DC folk or a DC person from a Phoenix person because one, the Phoenix people would be wearing shorts and two, they were a little, it's just like Phoenix people don't know how to dress beyond the shorts. It's just, I don't know, these weird polos, um, sandals and flip-flops. It's it's a weird hot golf attire. That's not, but they're also like, I don't want to look like I've been golfing. And you're like, just wear the fucking outfit. I mean, just yeah, exactly. I mean, we were down in Brazil. The government sent us down to Brazil to do some work. And uh, oh, where in Brazil? Uh, went to two two spots, Bahara, and uh, which is just south of Rio. And okay. then uh, went up to uh, Sao Paulo. And okay. your explanation of DC and Phoenix is like Sao Paulo and Bahara. Bahara, you can just be sitting down, hanging out, and a dude in speedos will just come sit down next to you and start eating lunch, not say a word to you at all not care just panties no shirts some flip-flops and he's just eating whatever he's eating right and then you go to san paulo and everyone's in like three-piece suits doesn't matter what the temperature is they don't sweat they look fucking amazing they're just you know cruising around yeah yeah i'm getting ridiculed because i'm in an all black i got a black shirt on with black speedo and then a rainbow belt and they're like well obviously you're wearing color so you're gay i'm just like what i i had the american consulate come to me and have me switch belts with one of their employees wow because they're like that belt's going to be distracting and like it's a big black crow belt buckle this is 20 years ago i thought it was pretty cool with black slacks and a black shirt and they're like it's a rainbow colored belt i'm like man they're like no not going to happen. I was amazed at the, the craziness and the, the, the racism in Brazil. I was blown away. Mm. You know, like, you're like, oh, hey, I don't see any locals at the beach. They're like, oh, they're scared of the water. That's why they live up in the hills. Like, but the sign says they're not allowed to come on the beach. That's to protect them because they're scared of the water. It's for their own good. <laughs> it's really... That is so funny. Yeah, my it's funny you mentioned Brazil. My wife is from Brazil. Oh wow, where at? From Curitiba, in the Paraná region. It's like forty-five okay. minutes flying from both Rio and São Paulo. Oh wow, beautiful spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's wonderful. And we actually we ended up getting married there. And Ooh. I've been to Curitiba maybe ten times. So very familiar with Curitiba. Went to São yeah. Paulo once. <laughs> And that's basically it. Because every time we go, we just go and say hi to family mm-hmm. and eat a bunch of food. So and then good. my rainbow belt gets loosened a couple notches because <laughs> I have gained 15 pounds of sweet memories and lots of barbecue, lots of good food there. So I... Now what the, um, my favorite drink was the Daish Guanara, their diet like 7-Up. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The, did you have the Antarctica brand? Yes. That's yes. yes. Yes, sir. And 
the blended up um, uh, the the berry that they have down there. They bend up, they blow, they'll blend up, and then put some toasted uh, uh, granola on top. Oh, acai, acai, fresh Delicious. acai. Just can't believe it. Just cannot. I mean, it's so good. It's just the food there and the people there are. I, I tell them like it's absolutely amazing, folks. You you you're not going to go wrong. They're like, well, it's a long flight. I'm like, oh, geez. I mean, just everything's a long flight. Stop, you know, just take an Ambien, have a half a bottle of champagne, watch a little Peter Pan and cry on the Russian lady next to you. That's what I did. Got there just fine. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Get the stamp on the passport and you're in. And you're, you're in. in. You got to get the I, little visa, have a little fun. Oh in. yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. the visa. Yes, that's right. We have a little taste of what it's like for foreigners to get into the U.S. because it's the reciprocal policy, isn't it, for mm-hmm. all the other countries? Crazy. And all the other ones. Yeah, it's crazy. What is um? So, did you grow up on the East Coast then? Are you uh, New York native or? That good question. So I grew up in. I was born in Phoenix, and okay. then when I was young, I think about eleven or twelve. My family decided to move to Cottonwood, Arizona, a little farm town. Uh, I know Cottonwood. I launched an alcoholic beverage out of Cottonwood. No. It was, a, it was a boozy kombucha called Wild Tonic. I was their interim CMO for like nine months, and I had to leave because during that time, they had four CEOs. I was like, you guys are morons. I got to get out of here. Four CEOs? Yeah. What? That's yep. a, wow. That's crazy. That's a lot of, that's way too many CEOs. Way too many. And they were all different. The one guy who brought me in was supposed to be the CFO. And then he ended up replacing the CEO. And then they brought another guy in and he lasted like a week. And then the co-founder, she was going to be the CEO, but she was just too much for her. And she's too artistic to really feel that. And then brought in this other guy and then brought in a guy from Intel who was, you know, going to, was going to streamline the operation. And I was like, Hey buddy, it's super simple. There are six States in America where you cannot sell a pint of beer, a pint or cities. I should say like Chicago's when you can't sell a pint in Chicago. Interesting. You only sell your stuff in glass pint, glass pint glasses. You need to move it to cans. You need to get rid of this glass because also the math shows you can only stack eight high before the next break. Like just understand neck bottles and, and stress and math. He didn't like me talking to him that way. <laughs> and he's like, well, these bottles are expensive. We want to keep our brand. And I go, your brand is, is actually not the picture. Your brand is your true north of why you're doing this. And it's exemplified through your product. And your product right now is saying, I want you to carry around a one pint thick blue bottle and then, you know, send it back to us or make cool art out of it. And that's not, that's not a beverage company. I go, you're trying to, you're, you're, you're selling a beverage and an experience that are polar opposites. Like you're saying, be outdoorsy, go have fun. Here's some big heavy glass bottles. You should take these camping. Cause you know, that fun aluminum that breaks down and is super simple to get rid of. Nah, that's not for you camper. I know you better. <laughs> Let's make that Yeti about 700 pounds. Oh, and if it doesn't stay cold, it goes bad instantly. Cause it's kombucha. Oh Yes, exactly. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned it, though. I do remember having one of those. And, and I remember that it was like a dark blue bottle. Yep. And it was like a honey lavender or something. Quite, yeah, yeah. Quite yeah. refreshing and effervescent. Yeah, I it's very good, say. actually. 
but um sounds like <laughs> it's been a while since i've had it i don't know if they're still around but it sounds like from the ceo uh, kerfuffle i don't know if they're gonna make it these bubbles might go go they might, i don't now. yeah i don't know if they're still around i think they are i mean they have, they have mm-hmm. quite a bit of money the, the the family that that owns it has a ton of cash so i'm gonna assume they're still around because the husband was very supportive of his wife this was her project and for some reason they believed sure. that the kombucha the base of their kombucha whatever that is that works that makes a kombucha only scoby yep the scoby only worked in that area of cottonwood or so interesting they interesting i it's I know way too much about this, but um, I ended up when I was, when I was on the East coast, I ended up, I guess I just slowly turned into, you see that, that chart of evolution. I just, the beard started growing. I started wearing more flannel, just turned into this big old hipster. I started homebrewing kombucha. So I ended up, I worked at Barnes and Noble corporate. So I was doing digital marketing for Barnes and Noble. And then people would, and authors would send books all the time that half of them weren't finished. I remember this Bernie Sanders book mm-hmm. and he, it was Bernie Sanders guide to revolution. I was like, cool, I'll check this out. And I read it and he's like, this chart shows the unemployment. And I, and I look at it's like, put in chart and it's all blank. And I was like, okay, chart to be put in at a later date. Awesome. So it's like, and then in the last chapter, I'm like, oh, can't wait for the summary, summary to be added. So it's just these half written books that, so I, I'm half on a lot of, uh, on a lot of subjects, one of them being mushrooms. And I was reading Ooh. this book about mushrooms by this forager. And he was the founder of this company that makes mushroom coffee where they uh, use the extract of chaga mushrooms. Yeah. And, um, Yes, lion's mane, chaga, a bunch of different mushrooms that have these really cool effects. So I started taking, I was taking chaga as a pre-workout. And I remember back when I lived in Jersey, worked in Manhattan, and I would get maybe four hours of sleep a night. And then I would end up taking this chaga and it was like coffee, except you didn't get that crash afterwards. It slowly went down but yeah somebody explained to me that chaga and it's really interesting i'm sorry not chaga cordyceps cordyceps Mm -hmm. the way that they work is these mushrooms are sycophants so they grow i think primarily in the himalayas and they grow off of the head of caterpillars and they slowly kill them but what they are supposed to do to us is increase the flow of oxygen within our body so it gives us more energy and um increases our virility so uh, that that was wow. the awkward part, but other than that, it was great. I felt alive in all members of my body, mm-hmm. and uh, no crash. So it was it was a great time. And then chaga. Uh, anyway, so I there, I was reading the book and it was talking about mushrooms, fungi, and everything. And it was talking about the SCOBY, which stands for Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast, and that's the thing that helps that helps make kombucha or ferments kombucha. Interesting. So, yeah. And so they were talking about a lot of different, um, they were talking about a lot of different benefits from it and mushrooms in general, a lot of them, they're so close in terms of their RNA structure to humans that they can serve to us as what are called adaptogens, which means they can take 
and understand what our body needs and then give that benefit to it without any type of toxicity level. So it's not like vitamin C, you just take a bunch of vitamin C and then you end up peeing green. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you, you can't really overdose on, on these types of mushrooms. And these types, I mean, not the poison ones, not the hallucinogenic ones. I'm not sure about those. I'm talking more about like the lion's mane, the cordyceps and the, the chaga, that type of stuff. I'd have to try that because I go, I have a very hard time sleeping. Uh, tinnitus, uh-huh. and just you know, my ears just ring. They ring so loud that they don't do the high pitch anymore. It's like a crackle when the radio station's trying to tune in. How did you end up getting tinnitus? Having way too much fun. Uh, it was during <laughs> South, by, like South, South by Southwest is where it really kind of kicked in. There was three okay. years where uh, I was doing experiential uh, music events. So one year we snuck Ludacris into town and then we brought him into a bar of 200 people. I just imagined him being stuck in a crate and then you guys just cracking it open and be like, <laughs> no, it was actually, so we go to this, we go to my buddy's bar, Kung Fu in Austin and we're hanging out Yeah, and uh, we're just goofing off. And I said, Hey, I'm going to bring Luda in. Just have this little corner set up. His DJ is going to come in first. And he's like, Oh, okay. And just make sure the bar's full. So all he does is goes surprise guest South by there's a line around the block. And in the back, there's three black SUVs because I don't want people to know which one he goes into because we're going to do hopefully three or four more of these. And we get to the side door and there's a little, there's a dark hallway and you turn left and the bright light and that's the bar. Really small square setup. And he looks at me and goes, I don't know if I want to do this. And I go, don't worry, your DJ's performing right now. And everyone thinks he was the, uh, the guy. So you're yeah. cool, man, let's just enjoy the show. He goes, huh? They think he's the entertainment? And I go, yeah, I mean, he's performing. People are losing their fucking minds. It's going crazy. He looks at me, hands me his phone, unlocks it, puts it on video. He goes, film this. Looks at the mic, gets the mic from my hand. I go, it's hot. Showing it's hot. He goes, okay, cool. Grabs the mic, still in the dark corner and goes, move, bitch. Get, and everyone's like, well, the DJ didn't play that. And they just lost. I mean, people lost their minds. He did five songs, came back to me, goes, I haven't had that much fun in a long time. More, let's go. And so we went to four other bars that night running around. And then a year, I don't know if the year before or the year after, uh, I took the bravery around for a week while they were here in town. And we ended up wow. one night, you know, this place, Dirty Bills, a uh, small hallway bar, only holds about 60 people. And it was the bravery, John Popper, myself, drinking whiskey in the corner, singing Eddie Rabbit hits from the jukebox. It and then the year, not last year, the year prior, uh, Callie Tucker, Tanya Tucker's niece, and Craig Wayne Boyd. We did a little country thing and brought them in. And Callie just got lungs. I mean, dude, she was singing this one place, and the windows were vibrating. I mean, she's just she's got pipes and she just crushes. And so it was her, and then my boy Johnny Z and a couple others. I, I I like to bring like four or five different musicians together who have never played or done anything together that are so opposite. And then I let them perform together. And so we had my boy Koshi Dills, who's a Jewish rapper. Uh, he's very famous for his pickles. I don't know why. Kosh, he's he's a great guy though. So I brought Kosh in. Uh, I got nice. Callie. 
I got this other guy who used to have a punk rock band in the 90s was where he made all his money. Like he had like four hits. Motherfucker still wearing eyeliner. Like he's just cruising around, just doing his thing. Huh. Brought him in. Brought my buddy Kevin, who's a, who's an excellent guitarist. And, and I said, you guys should do Sweet Home Alabama. And Callie's like, well, I only know the chorus. And I go, great, well, that's what you sing. And the punk rock kid was like, I know the whole song and I can play it on guitar. And Kevin's like, I can play it too. And then Coach is like, well, what am I going to do? And Kevin goes, we're going to pause in the middle and you're going to rap. And then we're going to go back to Sweet Home and then we're going to close out with a rap. And so we got to do all this fun stuff. And it's great, but I'm like right there by the speakers. I'm right up front and they're in small areas. Like I never, I've never done a big show. You know, I've done stuff with Live Nation, but it's all been 200 people max, 250 max, like no more than that. Because I like the intimacy. My favorite thing, and one of the reasons I love talking to comics is, and, and I think where music misses, movie stars miss, is that, you know, no matter how big you are, if you can be Dave Chappelle, guess what? You still go into the comedy store. You're still 10 feet away from someone, from somewhere. When you're a musician and you're as big as Dave Chappelle, and I don't know who that would be, who's that big, mm. in music, but you know, let's say Gwen Stefani. Guess sure. what Gwen yeah. has never done in the last five years? Performed at a place where there's only 200 people and they're five feet away from her and they've paid $10 to get in. They lose their, they, they lose a piece. Comics never do. It's very, you know, I mean, even Luda, you know, I mean, you know, even Ron White, who lives here in Austin, you know, you bump into him. He's just a nice, like, he hasn't lost his thing of like, you can talk to me. Where musicians and movie stars kind of do. And I, and I think, you know, if they want to be, I honestly believe this, if, if music wants to make a comeback and movies want to make a comeback, those stars have to start acting more like comics and less like superstars because you can do both. Yeah. Hey. Yep. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I feel like I have felt that impact with podcasting where I have asked some comedians and that to, to be on the podcast. And I'm like, this is kind of like a dream. I'm not <laughs> expecting them to even respond. Yep. And some of them, they'll, some of them will have their emails out or, or and, and be accessible and respond mm -hmm. to. I remember, I think it was Robert Kelly, where I was like, there's no way this, I mean, he's been grinding for years and he came on. I, I guess I'm, I'm uh, a little bit masochistic because I like people just shitting all over me because he also did the same thing. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I mean, like the fact that he was there because he did, he had no idea who I was besides what I told him in my email. But sure. I mean, I feel like these comics, they, they haven't lost that connection, like you said, with people. I mean, <laughs> from a proximity standpoint and from uh, a grind perspective and just being like, okay, every bit counts, like every podcast counts, every show counts. It's just. <sighs> what, what is it in your, in your, in, in the comics nature that keeps you hungry like that? Like, what is it in you that keeps you hungry? Oh man. I, it's one of the things. And I was hearing, I had this, this episode hasn't come out yet, but I was talking with tone bell and he is a comedian and an actor and so he's been on some sitcoms like Disjointed on Netflix and Fam with Nina mm -hmm. Dobrev. And, and uh, he was most recently in this Hulu movie called Billy, uh, the United States versus Billy Holiday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Crazy good movie. Totally recommend it. But um, he was like, you know, I like stand up more because I get that interaction with the audience. And then 
you get that affirmation. If you say something funny, you get that right back. Like you Mm -hmm. get the laughs right back. And I think that for me, I like that constant or, or just instant validation that my hard work just paid off where in a movie, if you're going to do something like a movie, it's uh, even in a song, it might be a little delayed unless you're riffing or doing some sick guitar solo. Um, then people are like, well, yeah, but I mean, beyond that, they're, they're waiting and then they might clap at the end. But in a movie, you're doing the scenes, the director will say, okay, let's go on to the next scene. But you have to wait, I don't know, a year more than that to be mm-hmm. able to see how the fans reacted to it. And True. Yeah. it's it's pretty instant. It's also instant if it sucks. So if you bomb, then you get that awkward silence or the boo or get off stage or try being funny, nerd. Um, <laughs> this is getting personal now, but <laughs> you know, it, it you you get it instantly. And I think that's something that's really cool and and something that attracts me to comedy. Nice. Now, sure. you know, something yeah. I've heard brought up a lot, but I, I, I like to ask the question to anytime I get a, a stand-up comedian on is yeah. outside of Burt Kreischer, outside of him, and I think I really do believe, I think he's the only one, how come comics can't redo bits, but musicians can redo their songs all day long? In fact, if you go see a musician, you're like, if you play your new shit, I'm going to walk out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for... Metallica's blues album. All right. I'm, I'm here for enter the Sandman and you better play it five times. And I need it. I need an extended version. Thank you very much. Dave Grohl. If you play some weird shit, I'm going to freak out. But if, if I go see you and you tell me the same fucking jokes you told me a month ago, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be like, come on, man. Are you not a comic? Like make me laugh. Come on. New stuff all the time. What yeah, is- it's so fun. Yeah, it's but then a we'll very also we'll, but we'll also we'll watch a comedy movie fifty times and laugh every time. So why are you? Why is your profession in this category of avocados, where it has to be new and fresh every fucking day, or <laughs> you're yeah. going to trash? Yeah, exactly. A lot of our material we also get from Whole Foods, so it's very much <laughs> like an avocado. But you're totally right. I feel like it's it's. And, and here's the part where I don't know if I can quite explain the distinction between a comedy set and a comedy movie, because you're right. Some comedy movies, Zoolander included, I've watched that so many times and it's been great. But when people, and, and this has happened to me, when people have come see me or, or we see somebody and I hear the comment, oh, I mean, they need to come up with some new material. I'm like, was it exactly the same? Because it looks like they're refining it to me, yeah. trying to make it perfect so that it can get to that quality of they're ready for a special and and then you gotta throw it away <laughs> you're like I first yeah exactly it. exactly and then you have to burn it with all the other corpses of bits that you have created and and uh, fed and nurtured and they took them to college and everything and now you've got to shoot them in the back of the head but that's right i think that yeah i think that um that for some reason the, the surprise is huge in comedy and that seems to be one of the things that doesn't get a great laugh the second time around and i was talking with jackie cation who she's been doing comedy for over 35 years and she was actually going to do uh, to open for brian regan in arkansas and so yes arkansas is very lucky right now but she was saying that at the end he does his set and then he will do the old bits or the classics or ones that people want to hear. Cause apparently if you get that big and if maybe not even if you get that big, cause I don't know if it's a matter of 
um, size, but it's like his jokes, I guess they're they have an everlast material. Yeah, they've got an everlast material his jokes do. That's just yeah. yeah, exactly. They're like lunchables. It's just mm-hmm. you can package them and then um, snack on them when you wish. But he explains after he does his new stuff, he got he says, Okay, guys, based off of demand, I'm going to do these old bits. I'm going to warn you, they're not going to be as funny because you already know them. So that being said, here I go. And he gives that little disclaimer because having known them already, there's something about it that I think it might be the twist or the surprise. You already know it's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, But for that reason, even people that are demanding to see the bits are, are still unimpressed. Another example, I think Jackie Cation told me this too. She saw Dimitri Martin play and somebody was like, do that bit. And so he does <laughs> the joke and nobody laughs. And he was like, well, motherfuckers laugh. And then they laughed at that part. But he's like, what did, I, I don't know what I expected repeating that joke because obviously it wasn't going to be funny because you all knew it and et cetera, et cetera. So a very long-winded way of me saying, maybe it's the surprise that maybe. is is robbed of a second time. Maybe that is, yeah. It's, and it's also, it's interesting too, because comics have to come up with a funny set, not a song, a set. Whereas you don't necessarily have to in any way, you know, if you're a musician, you can surprise them with one good song and then you can have four shitty songs and everyone's just gonna listen to the one good one again and again. Whereas you can't have 10 shitty jokes and two funny ones. No one's going to listen to you. That is a good point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there, you can't really go out to smoke a cigarette very easily in a comedy club. And so to, to skip those four shitty jokes. So yeah. you're right. I think it's like, you got to do funny joke after funny joke after funny joke. And you're, you're really in, and you're asking for laughter maybe every 15 to 30 seconds. It is a yeah. lot. A You're lot demanding of a lot of your clientele, and they're, and more importantly, I think they're demanding a lot from you. It's, 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 it's very yeah. fascinating to me because yeah. of, of the lack of what I call balance in, in the nature of comedy, which I think also makes great comics. It really weeds them out, too. I mean, not that I haven't seen bad comics before, but if comedy right. was like music, there would be a lot more shitty comics. There is wood. I'd be like, but hold on, hold on, you guys stick around. I got my one funny joke coming, but I want to work on this new material first. And they're like, no, I don't want it. So hard left turn here. Um, I yeah. was in years ago, I was in LA and uh-huh. uh, it was about, I don't know, maybe 10 o'clock at night, dropped a hit of acid and nice. hanging out, you know, in Hollywood, real safe place to be on acid. <laughs> Just an idiot. And I remember like, oh shit, I've got to go to the airport. I got to fly out at 6 a.m. or 6.30. So it's 2.30 and I have no concept of time. And I'm like, well, I'm going to miss the flight if I don't get it. So first thing I do is I take an Uber to the airport. And then I realize I left my rental car back in the parking garage at the hotel. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So I take an Uber back to the hotel. (laughs) Still, the lights are bright. Things are moving. People do not do this. Then I drove the rental car at 3.45 to the airport. Still got there about 5 a.m. It took me a while to get there because it was just very hard to drive. Fair. Checked my car in, did all the things, 
get to my area and there's like three people in line for coffee. And it's like an hour and a half till the plane takes off. And I'm like, well, I can't get coffee. No way I'm gonna, three people are in front. There's no way I'm gonna be, there's no way they're gonna be able to serve me. So I'm pacing and I'm starting to come down and I'm sweating and I've got to look disheveled oh as hell. And who is sitting down and I keep walking by, just staring at her because I think I should know who she is or maybe I've met her. No, it was the Nina Brava girl. Woman. Oh my God, Nina Dobrev. Yeah, Nina Dobrev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kept walking. I mean, she looked so uncomfortable, and I do not blame her. And Nina, I will tag you in this and apologize. And you will probably remember the large, sweaty man, sweaty ginger, who was walking past you. Just look. So she gets on the same flight with me, and she gets on earlier because she checked into the flight like an adult does, and I never did. So they're like, "You're on last," and I'm going to walk on. And she has an open seat next to her and she just sets her purse down right now. Like she sees me. <laughs> like, uh, like it's a train or something. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, this uh. is taken. You sit next to the bathroom in the very back, sir. No, 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 no. And I was, and I wanted to look at her and be like, I swear, I think I know you and I'm not trying to sit next to you and I'm married, it's okay. Which I'm sure a lot of men say to you and then still hit on you and I'm not hitting on you. Now that sounds even worse. And I went through this scenario in my head probably 20 times. It probably took five minutes, felt like 30 seconds, and she still looked uncomfortable. She's not a good mind reader. She's just a horrible oh mind reader. God. Oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. By the way, I think sweaty ginger, that was the flavor of kombucha that I tried in Cottonwood. So that was uh, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> sweaty ginger. There's a person in Ireland who's pissed. This is why I don't have listeners in Ireland because of racist jokes like this, sir. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm actually half ginge. Uh, this is red when it grows fully out. See, this was red, and then I had a kid, and then it just turns gray. And my daughter looks and she goes, "Those are my hairs. All the gray hairs are the ones that I created for my dad." <laughs> Oh, that's but it, you know what it looks good it looks sophisticated i think if oh, they revived you. game of thrones i think you could definitely be maybe step in again. a 50 year old yeah. game of thrones or sir you're if, you know, if we combine my hair with your beard we would be unstoppable dude i used to have hair like yours really um, that's serious so back in the day I, I like to do this this is the favorite part of the podcast for people is when i show the guest a picture that they can't see and they're oh. like yeah Thank you. Jason. It's okay. I'm, I'll describe what I see and my reactions too. So here's me with my wife and okay. Dennis Quaid. Beautiful. With the bravery at South by Southwest. And there's my long hair that looks very similar to your hair, if I do say so, but you have a better girth to yours. Mine's a little thin. <laughs> That's the only thing of mine that has been described as girthy. So <laughs> I, I will take that compliment. Go tell your wife, honey. <laughs> Have you know, someone gave me a little girthy compliment today. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm on girth control right now because I got my first compliment about my girth, first one. So. Going to get a t-shirt all black and just in white letters across the front. It's going to say girth and they're going to go where? Wouldn't you like to know? My eyes are up here. Thank you very much. Yeah, you yeah, fucking perfect. Exactly. <laughs> I, I like this. I feel like, uh, you know, maybe we can collab on a merch line. Here we go. There we Do go. You, glass bottles do you want to do glass bottles and uh just do a beverage out of it like a, a girthy kombucha, mm. girthy kombucha. those girthy oh. scobies <laughs> girthy kombucha we recommend you pour it through uh some cheesecloth first obviously and then just eat the chunks don't drink it God, you're not a savage eat it with your hands get crazy yeah, you're 
Yeah, be cultured, just like oh, your scoby. Get please. it in your nails so it smells better later. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Smother. It's also a face mask, so you can oh. just rub it all across you. Oh. I, I love it. I, I love how we've gone from, we went from this time where there was like shampoo and soap, and then things got crazy. And there's like conditioner for thin hair, conditioner, you know, and then it's like this diversification. And then men got confused. And then Dove came out and they're like, listen, it's a bottle. It's plastic. It comes out bright fucking green. It'll wash your face, your balls, your asshole, and your hair. And you'll still look good. Okay. Oh, and no wrinkles. And you're going to smell soft and you're going to feel soft. It's going to be pretty great. And guys are like, thank God. Honey, can you go get me thank some God. Dove? It's the only way to survive. And now we're getting back into this lane of everything, this bifurcated lane of product again, where it's like, I start growing a beard and my wife's like, great. So I got you the beard comb. I got you the beard oil. I got you the beard conditioner. I got you the beard wash. Then to match those scents, I got you this hard cologne. That's like a wax. Where you just rub your finger on it and then hit this area. And it smells like whiskey. I'm like, because people don't think I'm drunk already. Thanks, honey. I'm Irish and I smell like whiskey. This is you're super i mean come on babe so this is just can, asking for a dui at this yeah, point at this point i'm like it's 10 in the morning i mean i'm driving by a school <laughs> well sir because <laughs> we know how you irish like to drink <laughs> yeah it was just you know it's just but it's like now everything just becomes a separation then i've got scissors for the beard you know and then you got a trimmer here and you got you know so i'm like oh and like, well you can't use that other stuff it's bad for you now i'm like well okay my dad sure he looked 82 when he was 30 but you know lived kind of long <laughs> and he and he loved life he had a zest for life that i cannot uh, my i have no zest because i have a trimmer specifically designed to to mow my ball hair and yes. so it's just i don't know what's that i don't have that but i'm curious about that that's the one thing of this bifurcation of products and things that i am curious about because uh, well, maybe this might be going into too much, but I remember when I was in high school and college, I mm -hmm. would try to trim and groom and everything. And sure. uh, I remember a couple nicks and cuts and not pleasant valley over there. Did you ever try so, nair? I left no. that on too long. That'll take a layer of flesh off. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Now, you know what's worse than nicking your balls? Going to the doctor and having him tell you where to run burn cream on your taint. And then oh! Bandage it up. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then, no, getting and then I swear, gooch. hold on. And then I swear he looked at me and he goes, I don't know why you did this, but I'll have you know, no one wants to lick your asshole anyway, sir. <laughs> I was like, I looked at him and I said, sir, I go to a Christian college. And yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I had God. to wear um, I had to wear mesh underwear and a kind of like a weird tampon diaper. Oh man, that's For that's basically week. like the Phoenix underwear. Yeah. That's how that's how we roll. That's rebirth keeps the heat out. Just keeps the heat out. Just a nice large <laughs> fishnet. Oh, hair poking out. You're like, oh, we. I got one of those. There's there now. They're coming out of the woodwork. The ball trimmers. I got someone that messaged me, sent me an email. We would like uh, you to promote or uh, smooth balls or balls as smooth as smooth balls. I got the same thing. I got uh, the same thing. It was a was, woman from Kazakhstan that was oh. like, hey, I think you've got craggy balls. Do you want to smooth them out? And I was like, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin from Croatia got me and I was like, mm. 
Oh, Kev. Oh, man. And he's like, oh, and don't email me back. Email this other. I'm like, if you have, why doesn't that motherfucker just email me? He's like, sir. And then I like to play with him. And so this, I got this one. It was like, I was, I forget, it was, it was a total scam. And they right, wanted right. some help. And I was like, hey, uh, this sounds good. But Phil, it's kind of a fat name. Are there any hot chicks I can talk to? <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> he was like, Phil's the only one available. I'm like, I don't, I don't talk to people named Phil. Does he spell it with an F? He's like, no, it's PH. I'm like, fuck that guy. All right. It's with an F. All right. It's like, it's like Jerry with a J. Okay. You stop. You stop right now with your nonsense. And I went on this whole rant and this guy's like, sir, I'll find you a woman. I'm like, she better be hot. I need to see a picture. And he's like, that's not how we operate. <laughs> he just kept going back and forth. That is hilarious. Oh you have to have fun. I mean, sometimes, you know, you got a little free time. Zoolander's exactly. rewinding. And I, uh, you know. <laughs> Had it in the little race car rewinder for the, oh. the VHS. Oh. Be kind, rewind. Man, it's, it's funny. It's interesting to me. Uh, I think about all the things that we don't have or do anymore, right? Like we don't have, it's, if you told people 20 years ago, right, that there would never be a video rental store again, they'd be like, well, first of all, what happens to that industry? Who's making the tape? the VHSs, the VHS players, like this is a hundred billion dollar a year industry. And then plus the distribution, the mail, everything like you can't, you can't remove a half a trillion dollars out of the economy. You can't do it. And it's gone. And now, and I'm not for lockups or against, I'm not, this is not a, this is not a a COVID assessment folks. So don't be like, are you going to stop? I am a doctor, but no, we're not going to talk about it because Kevin from Croatia hooked me up with a really nice degree, seven bucks. Laminated, oh, laminated for I Kevin. got the PhD too. Yes, laminated. that's a yeah. Uh, no, not laminated. That was extra. Mm, that's extra. Yeah, you gotta get a, get a splurge with this PhD. You get a doctor. Uh, my, mine was like a scroll. It was just <laughs> I opened Ooh. it up. Yeah, written in calligraphy, old, old uh, English. Uh, <laughs> ye, sir, Stefan Satani. I was like, oh, beautiful. <laughs> but it would be, but you know, the people say things like, well, what are we going to do with restaurants? I'm like, well, we figured out movies and entertainment and we're going to figure this out again. And I don't believe restaurants are going to go away, but I, what I'm saying is I believe we're smart enough. We can figure it out. I think we're good enough. And I think we have the flexibility in us, you know, as a, as a nation of real entrepreneurs and people who like to break the rules or bend or try something different or you know completely obtuse from what's going on, we have that. Right. And if it, if we can reward that and really you know celebrate the the trendsetters and the people who are trying something different, then let's do it. You know, I, I don't think we all just have to go back to McDonald's. Just like I didn't like the excuse from restaurants and like, oh, this takeout's hard. I'm like, hard. What are you talking? I've had been doing takeout since I was a kid in Montana. You need to stop. And they're like, well, there's just a lot of it. I'm like, it's just a box of food, you know? Let's get better. Okay, he just ripped his tidy whities right out of his pants. And I have to ask, how did you meet your wife and get married? Not that you're not a handsome man and you don't deserve her in any way, shape, or form, but how did you pull off that magic trick? (laughs) No, no, it's you're absolutely right. He's like hard left turns for sure. Jesus, man. Ooh, yeah, so almost got into the wall there. But no, I, um, you know, I was a master hypnotist. And so I, well, what I did was I used my long hair to just shield my, uh, veil my face. But no, what I did, this is a funny story, actually. 
I was learning Portuguese because when I went to college, I wanted to be an, a language teacher. And so I was taking Italian. Obviously, Sutani is a bit of an Italian name. Mm -hmm. And I ended up living over there while I was in college, lived in Italy, taught English to little Bambini, trying to learn English. And so <clears throat> I ended up going back my last two years of college, I ended up working with the teacher, getting a grant to teach Italian as an after school program in Tempe, Arizona. Hated it. I hated it so much. It was so bad. I loved, and I was a tutor as well. So I was teaching college level students and that was kind, that was interesting. Um, that was, I also, oh my God, I remember this guy. He was very memorable. He was a bit, uh, I think he was an ex-gang member from Chicago and he hated people, but he loved animals. So he was a vegan. I think he's shot several people, but he's not touched an animal. <laughs> but then, but no then he kept their animals alive. He's like, before I kill you, do you have a dog or cat or fish? I have a yeah. dog, why? Is he friendly? Uh, I mean, like take him to the pound or is he good with other dogs? Like, should I feed him at the same time? Is there a special treat he likes? <laughs> He has a scroll where it has all the, yeah, he has a sign and like, okay. Any, does he have any uh, rations? Does he have his, his shots? Does he have his shots in? Yeah, is he so, up to date? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I ended up tutoring and then teaching and I didn't like it. So then I ended up moving to the East Coast and I was at Rosetta Stone and I ended up working there as, I don't know if you remember those kiosks in the, in the airports oh, yeah. and, and in the malls. So I was the like real life man in the yellow hat. I had my little, my adorable yellow button up cat, uh, shirt with the Rosetta Stone logo on it and the mm -hmm. khaki pants. And uh, I was just walking around the kiosk and I was learning languages to try and attract all the soccer moms to be able to pick up French. And so- like, Bonjour, I, and wouldn't you like it if these pants were yellow? Hmm? <laughs> all right, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly black if you're sweater yellow if, pants come on yeah if you're wondering if i'm girthy i'm not but i speak french so that french. should count for something got banana pants and, on come on ladies. yeah yeah exactly can i be more sexual to you um and they're like <laughs> mm, yes a lot more but no i ended up selling a lot i ended up learning portuguese because i learned i did the french program but then i couldn't find a huge community or even a small community to speak French with. So I started slowly losing it. And then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna choose another language and I wanna make sure there are people nearby that speak that language. Found out Newark, New Jersey has one of the largest populations of Brazilians outside of Brazil. When I was in Italy, I met a few Brazilians and they were, uh, they were not bad on the eyes. Mm -hmm. They were quite pretty. And I was like, you know what, this could be good. And so I ended up learning Portuguese and through some friends, I ended up meeting my wife who was there as an au pair and she was learning English, although she already spoke it pretty well at that point. And wow, yeah, that's a great story. I, I like, I like the uh, one, you know, I, I just got done talking with a uh, DC Glenn from tag team. Ooh, there it is. And oh, nice. he was a very, very nice man. But you know, one of the things we talked about was learning, loving to learn, like just learning new things and doing different things and, you know, to, to, to wrap in and to, you know, to, to touch on, just a romantic story that, that's on the base of, of making yourself better you know it's, it's it's not it's well it's cliche but it's true like you want to attract someone you want to you want to be loved when you love yourself and two 
you've got to show the, the qualities that you can have growth, you know, that, that, you, that you're not potential, but you are doing things and you, you don't, you don't shy away from challenges, you know, so wrapping a new language and then, you know, going to that work and then finding that the payoff is not just learning something new and in Portuguese is a, you know, not terribly, it's difficult. I mean, it's every foreign language is difficult to me. It's not as difficult as Russian, I would say necessarily to, to speak, but it's, you know, you've got a, a male and female of the language and you've, you know, you, and it's beautifully spoken when people speak it well, it's, it's a gorgeous language. It's absolutely beautiful. And you're right. It matches the people of, uh, of the region. Yes. It really does, yes. you know? And, and so you wrap all that together and put a pretty bow on it. It's a beautiful story that should be on a scroll. Oh you know, oh, th- you know in what? crayon, but it should be still the scroll. <laughs> oh, I was about to dip my quill. So maybe I'll get the Crayola. We'll get the 64 pack for this one. It is a get the sharpener story. on the side. You got to get the sharpener on the side or it's it's a no-go. Oh, that's right. This is going to be a colorful one. Purple right. Mountain's gotta, Majesty is going to be in this one. Got to be. Got to work it. Got to work it. Did you yes. and, um, at, at when you're growing, growing up, uh, parents, religious, political, uh, or did they kind of keep that stuff off to the side? Oh, they kept that stuff right on the entree, right <laughs> on top. You could, they, that was the hero of the dish, really. The political part, not so much, but the religious part, oh, Mom's, so much. Mom, dad, I'm an ordained minister. I apologize for all my cursing still. I just, I, I see that <laughs> I see language differently than you do. And we'll talk about that in a second, but back to you, sir. Parents. <laughs> so, so yeah, parents. And I think, to answer one of your first questions of how I got into comedy, mm-hmm. I wasn't in comedy in terms of I wasn't doing stand up or anything like that. But I come from a family of I have two brothers and two sisters, and I'm the oldest of, of the five. And so I remember there was a lot of a lot of discipline in the house and a lot of structure created by religion. And I'm not I'm not against religion by any means. But I feel like my parents may have, and they're, I love my parents. I have a good relationship with them and I think they're amazing. And they've taught me so much about being a loving husband. And when I have a family of my own, um, you know, maybe not have five. I learned that from them. That's a lot of kids, but no, I learned a lot of great things from them, but I feel like religion, they just hit it hard where it's too much of anything. I feel like can be a little bit, uh, of a repellent. How many times? Thing. How many times a week were you going? Oh man! I mean, we had morning mass, and then we yep. had uh, afternoon mass. No, I'm kidding. We we didn't go that crazy, but we were doing once a week. We're doing. Oh, once a you week. you lucked out. Wednesday youth group, Sunday morning just because you got to go. Sunday uh-huh. night because you're probably fucking around talking Sunday morning. So let's go back. Let's make sure you get it. Oh man, for the rerun! Oh the my rerun. gosh! And then Monday through Friday in the morning, if you're not part of the stand around the flagpole prayer team, then, I mean, do you love Jesus? Do you? I'm just curious, for sure. I mean, I would, Man. yeah, a lot. What, was that was that Catholic, Christian? Oh yeah, Assembly of God, Honda. speaking in tongues, okay. banging the tambourine, running up and down the aisles, going into hypnotic oh. trances. And so, you know, then you've got me, dummy, and I'm just like, why do you guys celebrate the thing he died on? Like, shouldn't you have like the rock where the cave opens up and he's not in there? <laughs> Dude, 
I was <laughs> I was just talking about this with my wife because Are you serious? My, my my mother had, I was writing a bit about it kind of because my mom sent me it's a while ago but she sent us as a gift a crucifix and I was a heavy like, gift I was like yeah I <laughs> fucking nailed it bro yeah. and she I was like Dude, now uh, the thing about gifts for the house is like now we're going to have to find somewhere to put this. And this is, I mean, geez, it's like a, a constant reminder. He, he doesn't, he's not even smiling. He's not like, hey, I died. He's like, oh, God, help me off this thing. So if like if they got me Jesus eating a cheeseburger, that would have been kind of oh. nice because it's like, oh, he's happy. But it's what if, like, what if, oh, what if I, remember the fish? Remember the fish that would talk? If you, if you if you moved in front of it, it would sing a song. What if you had the Jesus on the cross and he just sang Huey Lewis in the news, doing it all for my baby? Oh man, you see that would have been a treat. Now, now that's that. something you put in the bathroom. <laughs> you put it at your entryway when people walk in. They're like, "Where have you been?" And Jesus goes, "Well, I've been doing it all for my baby." Oh my God! I, you know what? Yeah, that would have been great. Or even if you put it on the front of your car, and then when you honk, Ludacris goes, "Move, bitch! bitch. Get out the way!" Just like anything. I didn't anything. die to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just need to add some glee to the Jesus. It's got to be like a gleesus, I think. There's got to be little... something going. It's just, it's all so dark. And then they don't like jokes. They don't think things are funny. And they don't like challenges. I would say openly all the time, I go, you know who the best apostle was? Judas. Because if he doesn't go narc out Jesus... The Romans don't come and get him and he doesn't get crucified. So you don't even, you know, you guys don't even get your cute story without Judas and you just sit here and you bastardize him all the time. You celebrate oh, a guy who got a, who fucked a married lady, got her pregnant, killed her husband, and then moved her into the house. You celebrate that guy as he's the, he's the potential Jesus of what Jesus is just going to be a little bit better. And you won't even celebrate Judas because he, he, you know, he didn't even take the silver. Stop. Or Dude. people talk the King James version. They go, I'm quoting the King James. And I go, oh, yeah, Bible for dummies. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like the King James version, the King James, King James wrote the, that Bible specifically to piss off the Pope to say, look, I can write a Bible that everyone can read. I can give you the USA Today of Bibles. Well, you're over here with Bloomberg and your fucking charts and you're, and you're, and you're doing the, the annual IRA meeting of Jesus and Judas and how much that, how much that'd be worth today. I've got Bible for dummies over here. It goes, Judas bad, Jesus good, hang on cross, woke up, let's go to town. Oh, God. That's, they don't, that's beautiful. They don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, you know, you're totally right about Judas. And I feel like with all the hate he gets, if you were put in his uh, Bethlehem sandals or wherever they were, do, would you have done differently? I mean, I probably would have narked. I, I, mean, I don't are you, know. Are you going to tell Jesus no? If he comes up to you, see, we don't know the full story, right? Because we don't have a book from Judas. So TMZ if, wasn't around, so there wasn't yeah. the cameras to be able to film everything. Can't catch there, this, so. you know. So who says there's not one of his books that the Catholic Church doesn't have hidden down somewhere? And you know, you're you're like you're reading his book, and Jesus comes into his tent. And he's like, "Hey, bro, tough thing to ask. Trust me, the payoff is legit." Oh, oh okay. What is it? I need you to go narc me out to the Romans then they're going to kill me. Then you're going to kill yourself in guilt, but you're going to be in heaven with me. Like, well, in heaven, it's a big deal. It's, it's a big deal. Great. 
I mean, I instantly, you know, I'm going to rise from the dead. <laughs> you're not. Then you're going to be hated and no one's ever going to use your name again. Like you're never going to hear a kid with the name of Judas or Hitler. Well, Hitler, yeah. But there's, you know, it's weird. Hitler has fan clubs. You show me a Judas fan club. Oh, man. So wait, the, the band Judas oh. Priest, what was that about? I'm not too familiar with them. What are they? I, uh, really good music. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know. But it's, isn't it weird? Huh. Char, Charles Manson was just getting panties mailed to him every day. That motherfucker is crazy. There ain't not one person named Judas, and no one has got a Judas panties fan club. There's like, no, I'd be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be kind of like Judas. He's so bad that bad guys don't want to be like him. You're right. You're right. It's a crazy I world. Mean, still. Damn, I think I think we need to bring that back. My first kid, Judas Satani. Well, Judy. Judy. You, tell, Judy. you should tell your mom, Mom, I got a surprise for you. One, I'm really taking religious a lot, religion a lot more seriously, especially because hmm, little bun in the oven. And I've been reading about this guy, Judas, and I, you know, he's got strong moral fiber and character. He really follows through with what he says he's gonna do. And that's how I want my little Judas to be. A go-getter, a follow-through. He'll take the money. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? If uh, twins, Judas and Brutus, I feel like what better yeah. pair? <laughs> Judas and Abel. Oh, so you've got the two murderers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Couldn't be better. Love it. Judas and Abel. <laughs> See, this is why God wouldn't give me twins or let me win the lottery. Because if I, if, if you had, if I had Jeff Bezos money and his mentality, there is no way alive. I would not be trying my darndest with CRISPR to make twins so I could name them Judas and Abel and let them run around and just call them my two little murderers and just have a blast because they don't have to succeed in life. I've got the money. Don't you worry about a thing. Just don't put it up your nose. It's fine. It'll be all good. <laughs> Judas and Abel. Oh my God. It's like, it this answer like differs a little bit from his first lottery win answer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was going to help poor people. Now he's breeding midgets. They're midget <laughs> twins. <laughs> Judas and Abel. Yeah, he's breeding a new generation of traders. You know. oh, I love this. Hey, what, do you, what do you think about CRISPR? I don't know what CRISPR is. What is CRISPR? It is, uh, so there's a, there's a Netflix series out called Unnatural Selection. Okay. CRISPR is a way to, in real time, change DNA. Oh. So glowing fish, glowing dogs. Oh, this guy bred some dogs that glow in the dark. He doesn't have a high school education. Probably why he's making glow in the dark fucking dogs, but still. So, doesn't. so does, so for does people, that give? You can change your uh, eye color. Oh, damn. So a living person, I could be like, you know what? I want to go mm -hmm. brown today. CRISPR. Is it like Alexa? You just say CRISPR. You shoot this, um, this uh, genome straight into your bloodstream or into the area and it'll change it. So people are changing their flesh. They are, there's, I mean, they're, um, when you're, when the baby's in the womb, you're like, what color eyes do you want? You want a boy or a girl? Uh, you know, Dang. yeah, I mean, everything, everything. Dude, I, I'm for it. I am all for it, man. That I think sounds gonna, amazing. I think we're going to have two, two races of people. You're going to have, it's like 
different sets of, you know, different boobs. You got fake boobs and you got real boobs. You're going to have genetically modified and you're going to have El Naturals. Mm, yeah, the, the, the cage-free, organic, non-GMO. Yeah, and the rock, he sits in the middle and he rules us all because he's kind of both. You can't tell me that guy does not piss green lightning. He has to be on something. And I'm not oh my knocking God, it. Dude. But no, <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. Because he also, he puts in the time, Yeah, but he's got to have some sort of rock elixir that There's, helps him achieve those gains because yeah. that's ridiculous yeah by the way that that's a great point people do not get confused that man is not just taking a shot and then going and getting a frappuccino okay that motherfucker is getting two frappuccinos and that's where it counts because there's a lot of right. protein in frappuccinos it, yes exactly and uh thank you to the the amazing <laughs> starbucks for releasing that nutritional information and the rock frappuccino, it, uh, it may give you kidney stones as well, but that's the price the rock has to pay for mm. those sick gains. Do you, do you want them or not? It's just real simple. You know, my wife asked me and I'm like, I don't. I went on a diet for a month and she's like, you look great. And I'm like, this was horrible. I went, you look whole... pretty jacked though, man. I mean, you look in pretty good shape. Uh, but I'm okay, I play basketball a lot. Nice. You do all right. Nice. Uh, I went a whole month with just eating meat. How did that it. go? So no sugar, no booze, no nothing. I mean, day two got pretty fucking boring. <laughs> oh know? my god, dude! <laughs> you like want a snack? And you're like, what should I have? A mini hamburger? Hmm. A piece of bacon? Hmm. <laughs> it was <laughs> fucking awful. Oh, but my god. It, you know, but it's like, I'm such a, a person of extremes. I just like yeah. run into things so aggressively that I have to do things like that. I can't just yeah. be like, you know what? I think I'm just going to cut back on sugar. It's like, no, I know I'm not. Am I going to have it or not? I'm just the person who goes, I'll eat the pie. I'm like, a slice? I'm like, just have the pie. It sounds great. They'll go, you know, the people are like, are you going to go for a jog? I'm going to go run six miles every day for a month. Why? Because I haven't ran at all this year. And I just, I, I want to challenge myself. My wife's just like, your knees. I'm like, my, my head is worse than my knees. It's just broken. You know, we're, I was hanging out with, back to us today, tonight. My little treat here, because I'm still kind of not drinking. Mm -hmm. What is that? 100 milligrams of THC. Oh, whoa. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, you know, we, Arizona this year, they, oh, yeah. uh, legalized recreational marijuana. Mm -hmm. I have not done it in a long time, but my wife and I, we ended up buying, we went to a dispensary and we ended up buying some edibles for the first time. Excellent. Wild experience. Wild. Ex I mean, even just wild experience going in there and buying them because mm -hmm. I didn't realize how coveted or how dangerous it was to own a dispensary because they had the bulletproof glass and everything like it was a diamond. Well, they shop. can't. Yeah, they, they can't deposit their cash. So there's a system they have to go through. Uh, it, it's I mean, the, the security is revolutionary. We um, three, four years ago helped a, a family office group fund some security groups that only do security for cannabis that have to meet these crazy legal requirements. And from the security personnel who are mainly like ex-military special forces kind of people, and they get paid, paid. And then in there, 
you know, because of the way the market is, it's just crazy. I mean, you've got, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It really is what, uh, what people, you know, what they have to build to make those legally operate. Hmm. Okay. So you got some, so you got some edibles. What did you guys get? Do you get little gummies? You got some breath mints? Yeah, we got some little gummies. So okay. we ended up getting, there were these little gummies. They were, um, we were learning about sativa and, oh, yeah. Indica. and uh, indica. So we ended up getting the one that doesn't make you fall asleep. Is it indica? Is it indica? The one that <laughs> is the more of the, the head high, the kind head of high. Yeah. Oh, look, they're, uh, they're getting high right now on yeah. Zoolander. I, that was the first time I glanced over it. What an enthralling, just a captivating <laughs> conversation here. Well, thank you. That's uh, good. Yeah. But um, yeah, we ended up getting the Indica blend and then we ended up, they were take, giving us recommendations of what to, <laughs> of how much to take. So we ended mm -hmm. up splitting one gummy. Uh, I had a good time. Yeah. And then we ended up another night, we ended up doing a quarter which I think ended up being 2.5 milligrams. Okay. And I remember I was trying to fill out this form and scan it over. I had to fill out this document and send it to my uncle. And so I'm filling it out. And at this point it had kicked in and I thought, okay, I might be high right now, but I can fill out a form. Right. And I'm going and I'm like, Oh shit. That's not a four. That looks like a six. And I try and write over it more and more and more until it's this big seeping out of the lines in which it's supposed to be contained. And my wife was like, what the, and it happened six different times. So like my own name, it's like Stefan with the S backwards. And I'm like, no, that's not right. And so <laughs> I, I ended up needless to say, I gave up on the form that night, but it was a good time, man. I mean, it was, and I'm, I'm really curious about CBD as well, because I from love what CBD. I understand, really? Yeah. Please, it's, please tell me. So I, have, uh, when I was young, I'd been in a lot of bad accidents, bad car accidents. Uh, my car was, uh, I was actually riding my bicycle. I think my parents for a long time wanted me to die. They were just, it was just a test. It was like, well, for sure we got to, I just, we ain't kill him, kill him. So let's do things. Like when I was eight, they were putting me on a Greyhound bus by myself for an eight hour trip across Montana to see my grandparents where I had to stay a couple of hours in two separate bus stations. This is the late seventies, early eighties. I'm just a kid. The bus driver's like, boy, you got to piss. You better piss your pants. Cause it's not safe going back to that restroom. Holy crap, dude. Oh yeah. Wow. I, navigating, navigating freaks so we had that and then i was riding my bike i was in the fifth grade i think and our driveway hill it just kind of went downhill it was all gravel and then at the end was a four-lane highway which you could turn left or right into and if you hear a weird hurrying sound it's my dog snoring behind me i apologize party people i literally th i thought that was a zombie I was afraid. Like I was going to be like, watch out behind you. I don't know where it's at, but it's somewhere. So, it's okay. there. It's hiding. And okay. so we would we would do a jump. We would land on the dirt power slide where a cloud of dust would fly up and then wave at the cars as they drove by. Thinking this was fun. Thinking the drivers liked it because they could see us jumping. You know, thinking all of this was really awesome. Right. We're cool right. kids. My parents didn't care. I went off the jump, landed bike chain comes off and I can't stop and I slide out and I get broadsided by a car doing 55 miles an hour break out the front windshield pop up dent up the hood pop up land break out the back windshield pop up 
hit the trunk, pop up, antenna goes in the back of my head, down the highway I roll. Didn't break a bone in my body. So I was in the hospital for like two hours. My, um, my stepdad wow. was pissed because I didn't have a broken bone and I interrupted his golf game. Uh, <laughs> of course, obviously. reasonable. I'm a selfish kid, all right? I just need all the attention. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, next time, just call one or the other. I mean, what's the what's the point of calling both of them? Jeez. And an ambulance took him. Jesus, I could have picked him up. You know, <laughs> it's kind of on my way. Oh my god, he was a sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I've, I've had some other bad accidents and some other things. So I'm in constant pain, uh, knees and shoulders, just constant pain. It's just a, a level of where it's at. And oh, I was man. pumping in. Tylenol, Tylenol PM. I'd take like four Tylenol PM so I could sleep for three or four hours. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, and that just kills your stomach. And it's just, it's just not good for you. You're shit and blood. It's just horrible for you. Oh. And a friend told me about CBD and I started uh-huh. taking it. And, you know, I take two CBD gummies a night before I go to sleep and I can sleep six hours. I mean, it's, just, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Wow. I love wow. it. I really do. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of it. Uh, I've always, you know, I was a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of edibles uh, and, and THC in general, especially when, you know, it's really weird because, you know, I, I, people, you know, this is so, I've never had a hangover. I don't, I don't get repercussions from drugs and alcohol. Like some people, mm. they'll take a drug and they'll feel bad the next day or they'll drink too much alcohol and have a headache. I've never had those things happen to me. So I just wake up at 6 a.m. and feel fantastic or as good as an almost 50 year old guy can feel waking up at 6 a.m. Right. Just, you know, that's an incredible superpower, by the way. I feel <laughs> like gonna, you should be in the Avengers. I'm, I'm going to donate my body to science. <laughs> okay. okay, good, good. You know? I feel like I don't know what the name of it would be, but like not hangover guys, like no consequence, dude. No consequence, dude. <laughs> All of a sudden the CW is calling me like, hey, so. After the show, where we've got the slutty blind girl who's kind of a private detective that really just fucks criminals and smokes a lot and hates condoms, you know, that girl after that show, we're going to put you on. And you're going to be the no consequences guy. And we're going to launch your show from her show. Okay. She's going to think she gave you herpes, but you're the no consequences guy. So you didn't actually get it. It's pretty cool. And there you go. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Oh, that's that's beautiful. I, somewhere I the think that's pilot like, right there. I mean, I'm pretty sure we've got this show somewhere in the back. <laughs> we may have actually written that and, and it gone live before because that's uh, it sounds familiar for CW. But I mean, it's dude, the CW they made Nancy Drew s- sexy. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, she's so the oh, I my buddy. I was joking around with him. He's got two girls. They're a little older than my daughter and. I go, hey, the Nancy Drew's coming up. <laughs> He's like, how do you know this? I'm like, I, entertainment podcast. I get a lot of shit mailed to me. I go, Nancy Drew, there's going to be a new Nancy Drew. Maybe your girls like would like Nancy. I don't know if they like Nancy Drew. I don't know how, you know, girls get when they like Nancy Drew. You know, my right. buddy Trey's like, girls. <laughs> they're like, yeah, dude. <laughs> He's like, do you guys like Nancy Drew? And they're like, I don't know, maybe. Who's talking about it? And I'm like, Jesus, now this is awkward for me. Like, now I'm talking about Nancy fucking Drew. Ah. So now I'm talking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see Nancy Drew. So I, you know, go turn it on and watch it. Opening scene, Nancy Drew is rolling out of bed in the uh, tire shop with her boyfriend going, I got to get back home before I get to school. 
And I was like, oh my God. Nancy oh my Drew God. is just banging, I mean, straight out the gate. Like there's no warm up. Here comes wow. Nancy Drew. Wow. Yeah, and it's, it's basically 90210 with ghosts. Wow. And you know what? At the end, she did narrowly escape herpes. So I think that was another, you know, See? A- adult <laughs> twist to it. Nice. Mis- spin. Mystery. Yeah. Mystery <laughs> solved. I didn't bang the guy with herpes. So there was- we go. <laughs> so basically still a virgin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it works. Oh man. Oh my God. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow. But People- but anyway, you the CBD though, yes. going back to that, yes. I started I started taking some as well last week for the first time and I have been doing it before I go to sleep and I sleep the best I think I've ever slept ever. And I'm doing, I, I, when I sleep normally, I usually do really well on like seven hours, eight hours. I usually never get that. So I wake up cranky and cantankerous, mm-hmm. but th- it's six hours, even sometimes I've gotten seven with the CBD and I'm, I'm waking up like a fucking Daisy, just beautiful blooming ready for the day. People can take pictures of me and not get repulsed. I mean, a little extra girthy too, if uh, I don't mind saying it. Exactly. So, so I like wonderful. it. I mean, folks, seriously, check it out. Everything, not everything's for everybody, and but uh, it's it's a hard mess on the CBD. I'll tell you that it really is. I think it's fantastic. Uh, you know, and more importantly, someone who understands the science behind it and is a PhD. Stepan also he agrees with me. So there you go. So That's I've right. got a doctor agreeing with me. Who's agreeing with you? Karen from Tampa. Hi, Karen. You're on the line. Go fuck yourself. And next, what? Yes. Now maybe could Karen be the next name that that goes in line with Judas? Like, if you have a daughter, will you name her Karen? Oh man, no. I'd do Judas, but not Karen. Fuck that. I don't want to set her up to be a failure. Jesus. I mean Judas. You know, and <laughs> whoever, just not Karen. No. Yeah, just not Karen for the love of God. You know, I, I I do feel, and I think this might be based off of the definition and context of a Karen, because I think that it can be a very ugly thing. But I think that ultimately, at face value, a Karen was somebody that would be the cliches were, I want to speak to your manager, or mm-hmm. I want to complain about this, where... I was thinking about that a little bit and I'm not pro Karen by any means, but I'm also maybe not anti Karen. And I'm thinking about the Karens in these scenarios that I'm talking about, they are trying to express themselves and be upfront with the person they're communicating with. So I feel like instead of me being disgruntled and leaving an angry review on Yelp to get back at the business, if I spoke to them like an adult Karen, then maybe they would appreciate that. And uh, we would get our, our feelings and, and uh, communication across to each other. So I agree with you. That's my except, case for defending Karen. I mean, I agree with you, except for the fact that you do not wear the burden of that Karen haircut. And then until you wear that helmet of hair, okay, like Thor's hammer that gives you the egregious power to where your voice is a little higher, you're a little louder and all the cell phones are out and more than likely somewhere on your body is some cheetah print. That, yes, that's right. The, the care hair as they call it too, mm-hmm. only the ones that are worthy. Um, I think it's 
once you utter the words, can I speak to your manager, then it, it's just bestowed upon you. Yeah, it's like almost like the hammer down. just beautiful. Thor puts his hand out and just go, hmm. may I speak to your summoning the hair, summoning the hair. Thor and Loki did have a sister named Karen, and I think she was the goddess of speaking to managers. So, the goddess of Yelp. The goddess. The goddess of yes. The goddess of Yelp. Amazing. Yes. Love it. I love it. Is I mean, it's just yeah. No, I uh, I can't defend the Karens. I, I I feel bad. I don't. I used to know, but you know what? The Karen that I the Karens, not the Karen. Well, some I haven't seen in a while, but the more recent Karens that I've known in my life, not been the nicest people. Yeah, see that that's where my defense crumbles is I feel like there have also been Karens that have been uh, uh, unpleasant. And I think it slid into the racism category with some of these Karen anecdotes. So it's yeah, gets a little they're just is right. What? um, Yeah. What are we going to do to bring this beautiful country back together? Right. I mean, I mean, we can blue steel it all day long. Right. But um, here's my thought. Here's my 10 cents. Tell on. me, please. One dime me. I, uh, I think we got to focus a lot more on education. I don't think we have any of these problems. If we have better education, because you don't, you don't have to tell an idiot to shut up. You can let him talk and then because you're educated, you can communicate back effectively. And it's, and you know, that's more of a long-term uh, solution only because, you know, it's a cycle. And I think it's weird that I live here in Austin and uh, my school where my daughter goes is a nine out of 10 and a school, you know, three miles away is a one. Well, why does that school suck? You know, why? It was a, you know, and, and education just removes a lot of the bullshit, right? It just does. It's because it comes down to facts and then it comes down to de- debate and then it comes down. And then what, what does education teach more than anything? Acceptance of change, you know, and, and understanding of change without regret or change without loss, but change with, with instruction and insight, you know, uh, on, on the short term, I would, I would say, I think in the lapse of education, people have to talk to different people more talk to yes. them and, and, and be okay to be wrong. Cause guess what? More than likely in some capacity, the analogy, their insight that you have in your brain, it's yours from, from your perspective and theirs is theirs. But the cooler part is that whether you're seeing a, a face and they're seeing a building, the thickness of that difference is still only a dollar. Dang. I love it. I love all your points here. So this is great. And I'm going to build off of them. Please. I think that education is super important. And I feel for all the points you just described, it, it just really eliminates these beliefs that can be, oh, so proven wrong, it's just <laughs> some basic or intermediate science. And yeah. so I feel like if the more people that are educated, the more people that understand how science works, they understand that it's a continued thing where we learn more and more and more. And sometimes we are wrong and we learn from that through experimentation and further research and things like that. And I feel like everybody's sphincter is just so tight right now with the arguing that I feel like everybody needs to get high, like just really high. And then we talk about something to make it common ground. So we're all like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of get that. 
And uh, I think that that'll loosen people up to be able to talk to each other, especially people that are different than them. And I'm thinking we could either do that or I remember back in, and this is 9-11, we really had a sense of solidarity as a country when that happened. And I feel like I don't want something bad like that to happen, but we need to have some sort of common struggle across the country to come together and be like, you know what? If you guys are Muslims, you can come into our synagogue to celebrate if, if that burned down. Or, you know, if you're, um, I don't know, a different race, religion, mm-hmm. gender, whatever, you can, you can use my bathroom. That's fine. It's yeah. weird that you're in my house, but you can use my bathroom. And so whatever, you, you can be able to share that. And so I think some sort of common struggle, maybe watching, we get rid of all TV. And for one solid year, we have to watch reruns of Golden Girls. And everyone, everyone has a common hatred towards Golden Girls because they're all going to be dead at that point. Maybe Betty White sold her soul to be able to live forever. She's she she's literally it. older than sliced bread. It's a fact. Oh, fuck. So Watch your so toes. Old. Dropping some knowledge. She's older than sliced bread. Dang. Oh, man. Well, good thing I'm wearing some steel toed. I'm actually wearing okay. flip-flops, so got to watch those toesies. <laughs> but, dang, that was some heavy knowledge dropped. And she can take it. She's been here mm-hmm. a long time, so she understands criticism. And she's like, I'll take one for the team. And so yeah. that way we can all come together. I love it. I love it. I also think, you know, my humble opinion, uh, it, you know, we got to – we got to get you all back out there on the road and interacting with people. Comedy is, is crucial. And it was, it, it was given a severe blow, you know, with, uh, with COVID, um, you know, obviously podcasts yeah, and, and yeah. you know, comedians were able to leverage different platforms to still communicate, but it's still, it took a severe blow and uh, you know, it breaks, breaks my heart. So, you know, we want to make sure that as this kind you know, the, the country unlocks and, and more and more things can happen that, Folks, you go out there and support your, uh, your 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 local comedians, the traveling comics that are coming in, and uh, and get out there and laugh. You know, just laugh. And with that, yes. Stefan, yes. how are people? How are you going to make the funny funny hahas and and the pee pee pantses? Huh? Where can people find you so they can do the giggles? They can get the real oh, giggles. What an excellent <laughs> transition stream! And let me keep it going, holding on tight here. First off, thank you so much for having me. It has been a blue steel of a time, a magnum of a time. And oh, man, I mean, not referencing the condom, but more the look that Derek's, you know, both of them. Why not? Both big, of them. Big, old, big, old, yeah, big old girthy time. With you, and I really appreciate it. And people, if they want to continue to chuckle, chortle, or guffaw, you can find me anywhere you listen or watch podcasts at a comedy advice podcast. If you want to follow me on Instagram, a comedy advice podcast, or at my handle s satani that's two s e two t a two n i i don't know why i spelled it so fucking weird god damn it well maybe if you have it written the show notes somewhere people can figure it out or if they want to sherlock holmes that weird cipher go ahead uh, but that's where you can find me that's where you can listen and um you can stay up to date with my dates if i'm going to do live performances and things like that so yes yeah. fantastic fantastic well thank you so much you know uh we can, uh, we can do a lot of stuff. We can go to the store and buy some fruit and it can go bad. Don't eat it in time, right? What do we do? We got to go back and buy some more. You know, it comes and goes. It's okay. Uh, but the one thing we never get back is time. So any time a person that I don't know agrees to spend damn near two hours with me and just chat it up, uh, I'm always blown away and I'm always honored. 
because oh. it's a it's it's a piece you'll never get back. So hopefully you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. You know, I'd love to have you on again. And uh, with that said, now is everyone else's favorite time, where my daughter sings about the first time she took a shit by herself. So with that, party <laughs> people, I say good night. Devin, thank you so much. And uh, I'll be in touch, brother. Be good. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. You too, man.